This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Welcoming myself back to Denison Discourse after Jabari did an episode with jo- Josiah. Thanks for hopping in, Josiah. Uh, episode 43, the Chris Humphreys edition. Uh, <laughs> our podcast has officially been going longer than a marriage, so we're doing something right, Jabari. Hey, no doubt, and welcome back. And, and with that, on that note, congratulations on your on your situation. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a nice moment in the rather dingy up and down of the start of my uh, second school year here with COVID. So, not nice to love there. Yeah. 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 Honestly, just be safe out there, man. This you is the kids. this is the darkest timeline of like the what a time, you know? Mhm. This is the darkest this is the darkest timeline <laughs> of what a time. Um with that said, it's looking okay for you in the basketball world. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Rockets, I mean the the Lakers fucked around at the end there a little too much. Um, mm-hmm. For my taste, but the the Lakers are looking good at the right time, and the Rockets, the Rockets are looking woeful, man. Um, not sure what else you can say. Like I, I know people are going to point to James Harden's point per game in this playoff again, and they're going to say, you know, look at his true shooting percentage. But I, the majority of the games here um, that I have watched with James Harden this postseason, where it felt like it really mattered, either his team came up big or he disappeared and they didn't come through. And and you can say what you want and point to all the stats, but if you've been watching the games, you know where I'm at. Exactly, and let's be real about this. Every year we get the same story, and in years past there was always the built-in excuse of, oh, well, these guys are run down, and this guy's tired, and James Harden, you know, he, he did too much throughout the regular season and all of that. But the truth of the matter is it's always been lies, man, and I'm, and I'm sick and tired of the just shoot more threes. And while I, I'm not trying to be the old guy saying, like, against threes, but that can't just be the strategy. There has to be a, some ability to adjust if that's not working. And we haven't seen that from Houston. Um, we you know, like over these last few years. Uh, quite frankly, if this is the best that James Harden can be, they've wasted his prime. And I, I mean, we we've gone through uh, the OKC stinker games and the good games. And yeah. I, I don't know if we were actually on to talk about. It. I think we might it maybe did. I don't actually maybe we didn't. Game one of, of the Lakers, like Harden had an excellent game in game mm-hmm. one versus Los Angeles, and they set the tone. And you knew that LA was going to come back and punch back, and everybody knew that. I said that on the timeline. But I, I, I really genuinely thought Houston could win this series. It I know, you like, picked them. Yeah, and I mean, you and I texted. I don't know if we ever talked about the, on the pod, but we were texting about, like, mm-hmm. and we were both kind of like, I feel like if Houston plays how they can play, L.A. is out of here. But that that was our tone in the group chat. And wait, we were both wait. like coin flip on it, but that, that was the tone. To, to be clear... I didn't think they were going to lose. I thought it was going to be a really difficult series if 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 uh, 
if, if two things happen, if Houston came out and you know they, they got great play from Russell Westbrook because I figured what we, I, fi- I figured we knew what we were going to get from Harden, but also if the Lakers foolishly fell into the game plan like they did in that one regular season game when they when they, uh, when, when Houston first went to the small ball situation, they did the same damn thing in Game One of this game. But just like I criticized them for you know going you know, for over for an over reliance on the actual traditional centers and you know, like at the beginning of this series, I will absolutely give. Frank Vogel and that staff credit for making the adjustment. It was obvious to me, but you know, making the adjustment of taking Javale out of the rotation completely and really using uh, Dwight sparingly, you know, this last game, I think you got an, a, a DNP. Like it just made it just makes too much sense. And look, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy that says like, oh, hey, remember what you said about AD. But I will say this: a lot of people say a lot of silly things about AD. I'm not ta- I'm, I'm not characterizing <laughs> what you said about him as silly. You know that I would if I if I if I wanted to, but it's not what I'm saying. But a lot of people say a lot of silly things about Anthony Davis, and here's the reality with him he's not going to be the player that you that's in i'm speaking generally that you may want him to be but anthony davis is a damn fine basketball player and outside of a, a stinker here and there that man has been bringing it and quite frankly the lakers wouldn't be in this position if he hadn't been as great as he's been throughout these playoffs well and, and you know what, like the thing with ad was more like again temper expectations if you think honestly believe he's the best player in basketball which is yeah, where some nobody- of the commentary was yeah, but, but nobody, nobody, it's nobody smart really thought that. Like seriously, like. Well, and again, we've talked about volume versus you know demographics, and and mm-hmm. the volume of Lakers fans can sometimes be deafening. And that being yeah. said, like I, I again, I've I've walked that tweet before, the one that I've constantly roast for. <laughs> I shouldn't have said if when. I should have said it, if. You know, I was talking about that. What? Someone DM me that today. That. Tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and again, and again, like. It was more about like the discourse that would occur, and then the discourse that occurred in advance of kind of made my point. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like I get why people are mad, but you know what? Davis Davis had games offensively in this series and 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 prior in the Portland series where you wanted more, and it wasn't that he was necessarily bad, which is where I think like myself and others got hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. It, it it's where you, you're pounding on a guy because he gives you a top ten performance instead of a top five performance, and and you want more because you see the talent. So mm-hmm. I think that's been some of the frustration. But defensively, defensively he has been so damn good, like so good. Like the inconsistency at time and offense has just not been there on defense. No. And this is the thing. Okay, so remember a couple weeks ago, when, like when we were talking about AD, and I and I threw out there, I don't know how many games of his that you watched. You probably thought that I was that was a dig. It wasn't. Like that's the thing. I was I, the reason why I said it is because this dude was phenomenal defensively this year. Absolutely phenomenal. Versatile, you know, like versatile beyond belief. Give, you know, he brought effort every single night, and he absolutely was one of the biggest change. You know, the biggest reasons why the Lakers had a, had a you'll have a championship level defense when everybody's locked in. Yeah, and again, like I, I mean, it's it's neither here nor there because everything is in context and is in the moment. But yeah, like props to him. You know, yeah. like I, I'm just just props to AD, props to LeBron because both of them have looked sluggish at times. And LeBron didn't look particularly great tonight, but he's at least had the the couple games now where you can be like, I was kind of like breathing heavy after Game One of Houston, where mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> and and I know it's like a lesson every year, but he's 35, and you just you you watch some of the slow start and you're like, 
has the ball rolled down the hill. Someone mm-hmm. messaged me today, like, I think LeBron, could, this might be the best he's ever played. Fuck no, guys. Come on. Wait, come on, come guys. On. Come like, on. Don't, 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 don't That's dis- too far. Hold on. That's don't disrespectful go. to LeBron. Like, yeah. To don't go that he- too far the other way. <laughs> I, I feel like LeBron is having a very average playoffs by his standards. Mm-hmm. And, and and that being said, what is he averaging? Like 28, 8, and 8? Yeah, Something exactly. Like that. That, yeah. that that's a testament to how great that dude is. But I, I, we're one hundred percent in agreement with that. Uh, as long as those two guys play aggressively, I'm free. I still feel pretty confidently against any team out there. Now, obviously, the next round, and yes, I'm going to go ahead and say the next round against what I imagine is going to be the Clippers. You know, they're gonna. It's going to take more than just those two. But as long as those two are bringing it, I feel like they can be in any in any series with any team. I, I, I'm not going to apologize for Rondo, because oh yeah, because Houston refuses to guard him. People were like, "See, Rondo, Rondo is good." Like okay, like Houston is just like we don't care about him at all, and Rondo's doing what he should and burning them. So it, it, it's nice. He has been a contributor. He's been a positive player in the series. So so if you're a Rondo fan, I mean, there's your vindication. But like. This Rockets team is just the engagement level is not telling me that Houston wants to stay in the bubble. Yeah, and I, I'm not to bring it back to that, but I, I have to I have to give Rondo his just due and say this: Rondo has been phenomenal since he's been back in these playoffs. All these people saying, "See, see, see!" Shut the hell up! You did not expect this, and the reason why I know you didn't expect this: these are the best playoff numbers he's ever put up. Like, you know what I'm saying? And this is coming well on. since 2012. Well, but you, but you know what I'm saying. No, no, no. Like yeah. prior to this game, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I saw last night somebody you know, somebody put it on the timeline. They put his his his, his uh, playoff numbers compared to uh, you know compared to his previous playoff numbers. They were the best numbers that he had ever <laughs> that he had ever put up. And the thing of it is, is that's you know that's dope. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Like you said, Houston doesn't seem to be engaged. Houston looked at this series and said he's going to be the guy that we leave open, and it's very obvious that they are dedicated to that. But I will say it is nice to see him you know do his thing. Now, from Houston's side of thing, I actually I'm glad you said that. It doesn't look like they want to be here. That's actually what you know. I was gonna jokingly you know do the you know do the Eric Bledsoe tweet again, but then instead I just had to just say straight out, do these dudes even want to be on the court? It was still it was still like if I'm not mistaken, it was still you know right around a single digit game, and it was a third quarter. It was you know the start of the third quarter, and these and these guys were lethargically walking through things. I gotta be honest, I you know. You know, I've made, I, I've, uh, you know, I, I've, I haven't, you know, minced words when it came to Mike D'Antoni, when it came to, you know, kind of everything that they've been doing there in Houston. But what the hell is going on there? And if, and, and honestly, I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing Mike D'Antoni's name come up in rumors when the team that he's currently got is is flat out choking and quitting on him. I mean, how many times does Harden get to do this and we blame the coach? Well, like, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. Just, I'm not. That's the thing. I'm not saying it's just Mike D'Antoni. Like, I'm, are they quitting on him, or has James Harden never once in his life embraced I, staying in shape and an NBA both? level diet? And you know, there's a reason to tie. Like James Harden turning it over in a playoff game and standing at half watching the action go the other way. Like people talk about him being a good post up defender. You know, he's a good post up defender because he's 30 pounds overweight and he doesn't move his feet. So, so if, okay, just so bang against them. so if that's true, which it is, if that's true, why would you put your entire hopes and dreams on him? Why because he's, you, I mean, he's he's one of like the ten most god gifted, talented offensive players in the history of the world. I get it. 
Yeah, I do. but you get, but again, have something else. Have well, something else. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to spare the rockets, but I, I just don't know. Like D'Antoni built the system on a guy that he thought had an argument for being the best offensive player in the game, and mm-hmm. you know, in a game that is must win, not going down three one against the better team. Harden had one bucket at halftime and was playing like he wanted to go home. And, and so, in years in years past, in years past, we have had these conversations, and I have been, you know, not corrected, but uh, comments have been made that like you you are being unfair. It's ridiculous to say an NBA player is not engaged. I could not watch any of the game tonight and think like Harden isn't like he he's lethargic. He looks uninterested, and and again, that's just my opinion. But that was what that was my takeaway watching tonight. Yeah, no, here's the thing. We're on the same page. You, what you're not catching is I just want to talk some shit about everybody else as well. Um, here's the, well so here, I, But here's the truth. I, think I don't want to see people. Is, no. is a, I, I, I think D'Antoni is a better coach than, than you're suggesting is all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a terrible coach. I'm just saying he's – well, okay, so here's what I'm saying. He's not as good as a coach as a lot of other people suggest. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying if I, you know, if if I'm expected to see him as the innovator of all everything, and like, and I'm supposed to put him on the same plateau as what you know, like you know, where we're putting guys like Spo and guys like uh, Carlisle and those guys, then I expect something. I expect something more than a one-trick pony. That's and, and that's and that's fair. But I don't think anyone of like of you know weight is putting him there. Yeah, not anymore, and I'm grateful yeah. for that. One thing, one last thing on this, I don't want to see people saying that James Harden is the second or third best shooting guard of all time yet. I'm not. I know it's not fair to just say you know, get get that completely out of here, but do not say that he's better, he's greater all time than you know than Dwayne Wade to me. That's until uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not even going to have that conversation. But yes, I've seen that as well. People need to shut up with that shit until he does something. <laughs> the numbers, like, and, and I get drowned in them too because even though I don't this, like, I don't like the guy, I don't love his style of basketball. You just watch him score forty in a month and just seem unstoppable yeah. in the regular season. And you look at him and he still looks pudgy and he still doesn't play any defense outside of the paint. And you're like, you know, maybe he is, you know. And and, and it's easy to get sucked into it. And then you go to Basketball Reference and you compare the players and do all that stuff. And and, and it's. It kind of it's like water on the dam, building on the dam, where you feel like every year that that conversation is worthy. But I just I, I come back to these playoff performances, and there have been a lot of them where it's it's not just that you know he's been double teamed. It's not just that like he was banged up or or conditioning or fatigue. We've ran all of these fallacies through. These things are still occurring, and I, I know that Russell Westbrook is not the guy that I think Harden and Maury thought they were getting. And him coming off that injury does suck because he seems the the injury slash the time off because the mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook that was playing in February in the beginning of March looked even January looked, looked mm-hmm. revamped and he had bought in and now he's shooting junk and he looked he's looked pretty awful in the playoffs. He looks so I frustrated. Do feel, I do I do feel bad for him, but it is crazy. And I, I'll just share this poll. I don't know if you saw this one. Mm. Um, I was like, if you were the Thunder, okay. So mm-hmm. remember in in this whole workaround. The Thunder got four picks from Houston, two first-round picks and two sw- two rights to swap. Mm-hmm. I was like, if if you were OKC, would you trade those four picks back to Houston so Houston could tank for Harden, and you'd have to probably include Schroeder and Adams for salary? Mm-hmm. And fifty-eight percent of people are saying no. Ooh, like fifty-eight percent of people don't even want that. They don't 50, want James Harden. Fifty-eight <laughs> percent of people think 
that are, are in favor of the Thunder getting more to take Chris Paul's contract than they are in giving for Harden, who's a guy who believes he's the MVP. Yikes. I, that, I mean, I, some of that could be prisoner of the moment, but damn. Yeah, some of it could be, but even like 30% would be uh-huh. a lot, you know? Yeah. Like this is widely considered one of the five or six best basketball players in the NBA, and people are like, eh. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> because you know because what? Run that also, poll again in a, in, a, in, a, in a few weeks. I'm there's also this feeling, though, that if you're on a, on a hardened team, that like he's got to do everything. And yeah, if and you, you can't build that team around him, I don't know. And you know, you're right. OKC OKC fans may be a little gun shy of that because they've just experienced, you know, just recently experienced that, and it, you know, they they saw how that worked out. Yeah, and then I mean, Harden just watching. Like, it feels, he feels so far removed from 2012 when he was one of the best cutters, off-screen runners to get open on the test and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, he fucking stands there, man. Like, in some of these closing sequences, he literally, it, it was the opposite. Like, Russ and, and KD, KD would be kind of in the corner and everyone would be like, give KD the ball. Harden will bring the ball up and then give it to Russ and stand above the three-point line and just watch. And yeah. I mean that that's that's hard to take. Like I, I, Houston fans, if you're listening, if you're mad at me, like tell me I'm wrong. Like that's I, I feel empathetic for Houston fans because the, he, he's supposed to be like their basketball messiah. They've been defending this guy for mm-hmm. seven years, and and it, it's it's deflating. It's it's terrible basketball. You know, honestly, I'm gonna you know shout out to you know my guy Andrew Carlson. He's a producer at uh, SB Nation. I forgot what their new name is, but he's you know he's a good guy. He's, he has me on a bunch of shows. He's a Houston fan. I DM'd him because I felt that same exact you know like, you know that, that same exact empathy because it it sucks. It sucks for one. You know how I get yo know, if it's my team. For one, it sucks when your team is losing, but it really sucks if your team look acts like they don't even want to be there in a in a two one series where you're still within reach. That's just embarrassing. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I've seen it. Like, some of the bigger Rockets accounts who I've banged heads with over the years, but, like, mm-hmm. not enough that we don't follow each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they've turned, man. Like, I, I've seen a lot of the bigger the Rockets accounts be like, you know what, Harden is missing it. You know what, this mm-hmm. isn't right. And they're, and they're calling them up because it, it's pretty evident if you're watching these games. And I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but, like, yeah. I, it's been circling in my head. And on the Rondo comment, I don't know what the stat that got put up was, mm-hmm. but there's no way, man, because... I was thinking about this, and like, I just wanted to work it back in, so I'm forcing it here. Okay. But, like, 2012 Rondo was averaging, like, 18 points, 12 assists, 7 boards, or something like that. Oh. And he was going, like, toe-to-toe with Braun in that conference finals. Like, I think it was, like, percent. You, you know how you know how the stat how stat. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, whatever it was, it was, like, it was skewed. Because, like, yeah. once upon a time, I didn't actually hate Rondo. This was long before <laughs> he quit on a playoff basketball team, and I had to hear how good he was long after he was washed. But that that year he was like, but I think was it MCL or ACL? Uh, I think ACL. Before that injury, like that 2012 run, he actually looked like he was on that Hall of Fame trajectory. Like he was, mm. he was playing sick. So there's there's the props to Rondo once upon a time, and he is shooting nice from three this playoffs. So there okay. it is. Um, okay, Den- Denver uh, Nuggets Clippers. I mean, <laughs> you, want me, you want me to go? I, I'm sitting here like, ah, what can I say? Look, it's three, it, it's three one, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's three one. Yeah. Props to the Nuggets for making it a you know a, a quick, a cute little series for a game or a game, a game and a half. But you know, once it once they got their legs back, but you know, everybody when we when we looked at this matchup, it looked like a it looked like a gentleman sweep at worst, and yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. And I mean, I mean, the difference between like the Jazz defense and the Jazz think they're good at defense, <laughs> and the the Clippers defense is that Jamal Murray went from averaging like 
36 points on 60% shooting from three. Um, just walk in the park, open gym type basketball. To he's averaging like 17 a game on 30% against the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. It's a big difference. Uh, you know, we, we, I won't even mention Jazz, but when you're going up against Pat Bev, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, yeah. uh, Paul George. Some length on the perimeter, man. It's, it's just that simple. And, and you know, that's the reason why I'm scared of that next series. And also, neither Conley nor Mitchell is a good perimeter defender. And I know Conley fans think he is, but he hasn't been permanent. So. Yeah, not for like five years. Yeah, and, and and like again, I've done the Levine stuff, and like all the credit in the world for Donovan Mitchell for also going supernova offensively, mm-hmm. and same with Lucas, same with Harden, lots of guys carry that oh, load. Yeah. You don't expect the same on defense, but but Donovan's not a good defender either. So that was no. a, that was a chop suey backcourt. Um, yeah. Jokic has been okay in the series, to be honest. He's mm-hmm. he's been he's been decent, and uh, the Clippers seem to be okay with that. Like they're like, you know what? If Jokic yep. goes for twenty five and twelve, but Jamal Murray's life is hell. Um, we're going to win these games. And that's what it's been. Like, Paul Millsap's fallen off a cliff. Gary Harris has been, you know, okay, still working his way back. They really miss Will Barton. And they yeah. should not, they should not have cheaped out on Malik Beasley. I understand you weren't going to pay him. I understand. But this is a year everyone thought they could win the championship. He was like a 40-something three-point shooter the year before. He was in your rotation. And look what happened to your wings in the playoffs. You should not have cheaped out on Malik Beasley. Yeah, I look at, honestly, and I, I actually spoke to Josiah about this um, last week, or was earlier in the week, I don't even know when we are now. Um, I, I look at Denver and I wonder what they're going to do there. Like, is, like, is this one of those where they just run it back? Or do you, like, do you look at this and say, like, maybe they need to you know, consider a change? You know, whether with the roster or at the coach? And I like Mike Malone, so for the record, I'm not, you know, I'm not recommending it, I'm just asking. I think Malone's done enough to keep his job. Yeah. I think... Overall, like, uh, you know, don't sell the farm. This is two years in a row. You're in the semifinals. Last year, you go to game seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nick Jokic is 24. Murray's 22. Porter's 21. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you need to do is find a way to keep Grant or flip some of your other pieces for a Grant Millsap minute taker. And mm-hmm. um, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to learn to play some defense at some point. But I, I think overall, this playoff is very inspiring. I think Michael Porter Jr. went from being someone who's like, Oh yeah, you know he's okay. To like he is, I I think I think he's blue chip prospect type range now. I I, I think you know um, as much as his his commentary, maybe he doesn't know what he can and can't say yet in the press conference, and mm-hmm. you know the, all the Q and non jokes and everything else. Uh, he might not be the sharpest guy, but from a talent perspective, I think the, you're looking around the league. You're like, this guy is going to score a lot of buckets for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, and and given the like, look, being able to move the way he does, and and even and just you know create offensively the way he can, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have a place. If he ends up even caring remotely on the defensive end, you know, you might have you might have a real player there. And you know, he, he's to be fair, I feel he's tried in some of these Clippers games. But yeah, yeah, you he, know what? You're right. Actually, I'm glad you said that. He's tried. He just doesn't know what he's doing yet. So yeah, if that, he figures that out, yes. And it took me like a while. It was a few years ago. Just watching Draymond and then watching Cat, and I think it was the same night. And I was like, I just it went. Maybe it was a Minnesota game first, and then it was a Warriors game next. And I and I commented something like to the to the effect of, I can't believe watching what Draymond does, and then watching how Cat moves mm-hmm. on the floor with his frame. How Towns is like a below average defender. How is he not 
all world kind of thing was my thought. And you know, I, again, it was so long ago. I don't remember who said this a couple of years ago. Someone was like, "You just like it's really hard to assess instincts, and instincts mm-hmm. are really hard yeah. to develop." And I, I you know, I, I think that's so true for some people. Like, there's just a gift. There's just like young coaching when you're younger and growing into things and knowing how to move and knowing how to switch, knowing how to take up space and not foul and you know follow the ball and follow the shot up without you know invading airspace and all these things that guys just either they have or they don't have or they developed early and they don't and Michael Porter Jr. doesn't have any of that he has obviously been the best player on the floor the majority of his life he's obviously been able to carry a load and he's been a man amongst boys most of his life and I don't think he's ever really really had to defend and that's not been developed in him yeah, no, you're probably right, and I, I'm look. I'm very interested, like you know, whether I like his, you know, his politics or all of that other stuff. I don't care, you know. what I'm saying care, like, yeah. you know, like we the, the the jokes are gonna fly on the timeline, but ultimately, you know, if if he develops into the player that both of us, I believe, you know, thinks he can, uh, you know, he's gonna be special. And we, you know what? That's going to be the, the, that third that third because I, you know, my question was gonna say like where do they get that third guy? That is that third guy. Can we just be real too? Like, Michael Porter Jr. can say whatever he wants. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, like the whole like the argument, like oh no, he's he's misinforming people. Like no one who was on the fence, okay, no yeah. mother about to check their kid into school was like, I was gonna get them vaccinated, but I saw that Michael Porter Jr. at the post game said he didn't believe in vaccines, so my kid's not getting vaccines. Come on, man. Yeah, like I, I, when it comes to that type of stuff, I think that we you know we place a little bit too much. You know, like this on, is like the Charles Barkley. I'm not a role model thing. Exactly, because at the end of the day, you know, like I, I we've we actually disagreed on this the last time that we you know, we had this conversation. But at the end of the day, I look at it like this: raise your damn kids. While yes, it would be nice if stars or athletes or actors or whomever you know uh, would set a good sure. example. You know that that would be great. Raise your own damn kids. But Figure I, it out. From from an idealism perspective, I agree with you, right? Yeah. Like, but from a real realism perspective, from someone who went out and politically knocked doors and did communications and did PR for a party, mm-hmm. um, people are not giving a shit about a local athlete's interest. No. Think about like the de- like you know. Get out, I'm from Canada. It doesn't relate as well. Think about all the Democrats. Think about like Oprah and Beyonce and LeBron mm-hmm. James and all these people go out and vote Democrat. Yeah. I mean, man, at the end of the day, no one's like, okay, because Braun said so. No, it's because their uncle said it, their dad said so, or whoever they've talked to, like, locally and whatever issues, like, whatever they've come up with. It, celebrities don't influence public opinion to the amount that people do. So for people to be like, I hate Michael Porter Jr. because he's leading to people who are going to die because of stuff. Like, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, he's an idiot. You can tell him he's an idiot. Let all the jokes fly 100%, but, like... Let's not like be ridiculous, and also let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can dislike somebody and also acknowledge that they that they have the potential to be nice. Yeah, art from artists too, and I mean, I, I think that yep. that is more of a context conversation because like the range of things that some artists have done is more terrible than others. But you can still yep. say make good music, was good at the sport, mm-hmm. you know, made good um, movies or whatever the case may be. Yep, if I did it. Um, Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he did it. But he anyhow, did. He did. He did. yeah, I mean, I, I think Clippers Lakers is going to be exciting, and so like we'll wait, we'll wait to the next pod when that's official to probably For break sure. that down. But um, I think uh, Jamal Crawford tweeted it out, but I've, I've said the same. Like the playoffs this year, overall, yeah. the quality of basketball has been really, really good. Hell yeah! Like there were like honestly. Usually in the playoffs, there's I would say half of them are stinkers to me. I would say there's only been a handful of stinkers. All the all the other all, most of the games have been competitive, but you know even even in the blowouts, they, like they, there was something exciting about them. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm on the same page. I agree with you, Jamal. I agree with you too, Josh. 
You've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app at, in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Um, let's go east. All right. Uh, let's let's save Toronto Boston for last because we're game seven is tomorrow. Yep. Um, Milwaukee, Miami. <laughs> you know what? In the interest of because I'm a narcissist and I do keep score and I, you know, overly give myself props on here. Maybe okay. this is just an episode where I need to take some L's. When Jimmy Butler went to Miami, I was like, this guy claims he's all about winning. Mm -hmm. He's going to an inferior team. Mm -hmm. What is this guy thinking? And look at the heat now, man. Um, Again, Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Yes. He he is legitimately one of the best coaches in the NBA. I still have not seen clarification on whether the removal of Nunn and Myers Leonard from the rotation to make the changes that he made with with Jay and with... um, and uh, Drogic. Yeah, if, it, if it was like tactical all-year plan or just how he felt coming out of the spurt. But like this, the lineups that he's been running, the play of Drogic, Bam, and then Butler has been sensational. Um, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson kind of just trading nights. Mm-hmm. This is a really good deep team, man. They really are, man. It's a testament to the job that that, that you know. I, I I echoed this last week. I'll say it again. From the defensive schemes to the execution, it's absolutely perfect, man. Like everybody buys in. Everybody you know. Everybody accepts their role and doesn't just accept it. They embrace that. You know what I'm saying? And 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 anybody that's played again, I know that you know. You know the difference between that. You, you, from a coaching perspective, there's a significant difference when someone in, you know actually embraces a role. Uh, like you, I think Eric Spolstra probably is a top two, you know, maybe three at the at the at the at the worst coach in the league. Uh, I'm not even gonna rub it in on the Jimmy thing. I'm just happy for him, man. Like, it, it, like, and and I said this last week. I'll say it again. If you got a problem playing with Jimmy, that's a you problem. Yeah, and I mean Ben Ben Simmons being offended by text messages and whatnot aside. Get over um, it. Yeah, I mean aside like. Jimmy couldn't shoot in the regular season. He's hitting jumpers here in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. not at a heavy rate, but he's he's hitting the ones that he needs to hit. He's playing good defense. And again, like, you make excuses for a lot of stars. I, like, not you, everyone. Me, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Jimmy and Kawhi, man, you 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 don't ever feel, despite how much a load they carry offensively, that they mail it in defensively. Never. And, Even if and, they get scored on, you know, like they're right there. It's just that's underrated, man. Like, yep. it, and the nights the nights where Jimmy shoots ten times. I don't see him acting dejected and, you know, easing up defensively. The nights where he shoots 22 times, I don't see him, you know, watching anybody run by him in a half. And I I really do. Like, I I think that is the most – the two – if you can play two-way and switch as a wing, uh, you're the most valuable archetype in the NBA right now. That's it. So – Yeah, no, um, 100%. 100%. So, you know, Butler shooting comes and goes. But overall, uh, fantastic. I I, I feel bad for the Bucs, like – this is a bad way to go down, and you yeah. know, like I mean, I, I said Heat in seven, so I, I had I had the upset, but like I still expected <laughs> more of a fight. Like I I knew, you know, people were getting jokes off on you and me and everybody else, whatever. Yeah. But like in the Orlando series, it was very apparent that Milwaukee did not did not look right, mm-hmm. and they did not look good, and they did not look competent, like they were a title contender. But now this is a team that has the best record over the last two years, and there's talks about firing the coach and the and the star leaving, and you know they weren't winning this series regardless, probably not. But Giannis going down like that sucks. That's that's a sucky way for it to end. Yeah, it it never feels good when you know when your star or any player, but specifically, let's be real, when your star goes out in a postseason in in a series. Let me ask this: What did you think about them? Because the rumor is now that they're going to go ahead and keep Bud. What did you think about the rumors of uh, of his demise and their ultimate decision to keep him? Yeah, and like uh, Justin Rowan and I went back and forth about this one, and just like I, he has the best record in the NBA over the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I I feel like it's pretty crazy to get rid of him. And and this team has limitations. Like I I feel like if you want to blame, and I, I I'm not trying to defend coaches today. I guess I mm-hmm. am, but I you know you let Malcolm Brogdon walk, mm-hmm. and and we watched Eric Bledsoe be useless. We 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 watched Eric Bledsoe give the team dead minutes, and them run with Dante, um, lean on Dante to like keep them in games offensively, and. You know, Chris Middleton played some really good basketball in the series, you know, despite his critics in the first series, played some really good basketball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you don't feel comfortable with Brooke Lopez going for the whole game. Bledsoe's kind of dead wheat. So that's an awful lot of weight on, like, Dante West Matthews and George Hill. Yeah, look, I, I, it's never all of one thing. You know what I'm saying? It, it's never, like, all the players. It's never all the coach. I, I am going to play the middle ground here and say I understood people's frustration when they were saying get rid of Coach Bud. But like you, unless unless the, when they went to Giannis, because you – and, like, they'll never admit this, but they I guarantee you they went to Giannis and said, hey, moving forward, what do we got here? So unless he said get rid of him, I, you know, I I would have honestly been surprised. I'm glad for I'm happy for them. You know that 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 he's sticking around. But I agree with you, man. It's as simple as this: you got rid of Brogdon. You you, you paid Bledsoe. Uh, you expected big things out. You, know, you expected probably too much out of you know, guys like Bledsoe and and Lopez and and Vinci, D, D, D Vincenzo and all those other guys. And you you didn't you still don't quite have enough. But I still gotta say. Four one, no, there there is no excuse. Like there's no excuse for going down in, in five. Let me, let me let me lay this out too, though. Let me let me just run this through, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Bud is got to take his licks for the minutes thing. Yeah. Look, like you you rest guys all year, you manage those minutes all year, so that in the playoffs, I was about to say May and June, in the playoffs, <laughs> whenever they may be. You can let those guys run. There is no reason 
that an NBA player cannot play 48 minutes in a must-win basketball playoff game. There's no reason. We've or even seen 40. it done. Like, there, there's no reason you, you should be worrying about 35, 36 minutes in a playoff game for your stars. Especially if you've done the work all year to mm-hmm. give to save those minutes, to save those needs. You, this is what you save them for, man. Yep. This is it. This is the moment. So he's got to take the L on that. Now, the other thing is, the honest. I, I think Giannis came out and he put out the fire and good on him, man. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a Bucks fan, you just got to love this guy. Because even if he's leaving... Like, it's so nice that he came out and said, like, look, people, I, I don't know what the quote was, but look, everyone's going to trade, like, ask me where I'm going to go or we're waiting for a trade request this summer. It's not going to happen. Like, I'm a buck for life or whatever he said. Like, yeah, very cool, man. Like, cool that he did that. Even if privately, once again, if mm-hmm. privately Giannis went to them and said, He's, I'm going to go after this year, I'm not taking an extension. If you got to trade me, do what you got to do. I do not see any situation where that doesn't get leaked. The Bucks don't have leverage. And the package that they would get back for a one-year rental of Giannis would, I think, be underwhelming. I don't think there's any situation where you look at their roster and at Giannis being 25 and say, hey, the move is trade Giannis for an expiring whoever, a DeMar DeRozan, and three first-round picks. No, fuck that. Go win 60-something games again next year. Go all-in, trade Bledsoe, Brook whoever, Dante DiVincenzo, five first-round picks. Do whatever you got to do to bring in a Chris Paul, a Kyle Lowry, someone who can help these guys right here, right now, and show Giannis, look, not only are we thankful that you're here, but we are literally willing to put everything in to make this team a competitor right here, right now, and you hope that you keep him. You hope that you win, and you hope that you keep him. But if he walks away, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you said, look, we had a back-to-back MVP, and we, and we mortgaged our future to try and win around him because we may never have a player like this again. You feel good about that. Yeah, honestly, I, I like the way you just that, – that portrait that you just painted. So, But let me ask you seriously. What will you say about Giannis if he does ultimately leave, even after they do all of that, uh, if they lose? If, if he leaves mm-hmm. and they did all that, my, my commentary for Milwaukee will be like, look, they, they did what they could. Like, yeah. I'll be true on it. My commentary for Giannis, I'm going to flame him like I would flame Dame or, or Harden or anyone else who says, I'm, I'm this team, I'm this team, I'm this team, and then they're like, nah, I'm out. So that's the, the reason why I brought that up is because it's like, well, then why are you expecting him to actually do that then? To actually say, you know, come out and say those things? Because, like, like, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm playing both sides. I'm just oh, saying okay. in this scenario, in this scenario. Okay, that's and I'm not that's expecting. Fair. It. I'm saying if that happens, and, and you know the reason why I'm setting this up is because I think that's I think that scenario that you just laid out is exactly what's going to happen. I think he's going to give it his all. I think they're going to go all in, and I think ultimately at the end of the year next year, uh, un- unless he does something like a one on one or something of that nature, I think he might get swayed. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, like officially, Milwaukee fans. I hope I'm wrong. Ty, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not like wishing this upon you guys because, quite frankly, I don't want to see him in, ending up in Golden State or somewhere like that. I hope. I hope that Jabari's wrong too, unless he wants to come to Dallas. If, <laughs> I want Giannis to be a Buck forever, unless he wants to be a Maverick. And if he well, wants to be a Maverick, fuck Milwaukee. Well, it, Milwaukee it, 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 it goes without saying. I think you already know. Like unless L.A., but yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Someone said, someone, uh, the, the, there's, okay, what is it with the, like, the elite media group hating Giannis and Luca? Like, that's, that's so on brand. Like, they're just not Americans that you played high school with and, like, have a phone call. You don't have their number in the phone. But, like, oh, like, the, the, the takes 
when the, the the Bucks won that game. Yeah, he's this is the biggest mockery the MVP has ever had. Um, all these takes coming across the town, man. I I actually he, didn't see those. Maybe what, I don't. Oh maybe I, maybe I don't. Maybe yeah. I don't follow those guys, and and that's okay. Um, oh, you follow some of those guys. I don't think you, so. You follow because, some of those dudes. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe some of them, but I really didn't see that across the time. But there's a I, very loud group of, like, I don't know how plugged in, if you're listening to this, how plugged you in are into NBA Twitter, but there is a group of, of, of gents who really dislike Luka and Giannis, and that they, they I, I can't help but feel like it's just that they're not Americans. It, Giannis is one of the single best players of all time. His resume at this point in time is on par with just about any 25-year-old ever in history. He still has flaws, but like to somehow look at that game as a referendum on who he is as a player is is why Twitter is stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I guess folks, you know, hey, look, I say dumb stuff on there, but I hope everybody knows when I say dumb things, I'm joking. It's tongue in cheek. Uh, I, anybody that's questioning Luca at this point, anybody that's questioning Giannis at this point, go get. Honestly, I, I really, I'm not even gonna waste a breath. Uh, next series. <laughs> okay, Toronto and Boston. So, I mean, game six, we were going to record last night, and we're like, okay, uh, we'll record right after quarter. Okay, we'll right, record right after overtime. Okay, <laughs> this might go to a third overtime. We're, we're going to call it tonight. We'll come tomorrow. And, I mean, it was a great game. Game six was a great game. Um, some awful officiating, 100%. Mm-hmm. Do not appreciate the takes that are like the NBA is unwatchable, especially people who were like really critical of Chris Webber and Reggie Miller and are the first people to jump down TNT's throat for like how they talk about the game. Don't shit on the game and the players like out there bleeding because you didn't like the call. Yeah, that's not the NBA, man. That that's that's a, that's a bad officiate. Like that's a bad official. Yeah, you know, and this is the thing. Like I do my best not to try to police other people's timeline, but yeah, there, there there's an awful lot of stupid stuff that's said. Look, the game has been great. Like you know, kind of you know, as 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 you stated earlier in the show, the action in the bubble has been you know fantastic. These playoffs have been phenomenal. So really, like it it really is like a. Like people feel like they have to be hyperbolic. Like rather than just saying I don't like what Chris Webber just said, or I don't like what Reggie Miller just said, or I don't like what whomever Doris or whomever you know just said, they want to you know, they want to make it into like oh this is the worst thing ever. It's really not. It's really not the end of the world. Like you know it's gonna be fine. Okay, you know how you have like favorites that are your favorites, but like they're yeah. fading from the game mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I'm, Ron's not really fading from the game. Neither's Paul, I guess at the moment. But like. My aside from Luca, Tatum is like my favorite player, oh. probably other than Luca in the league right now, uh, of the of the newer guys, of the newer faces. Okay, I mean I get it. <laughs> right, L- love Tatum's game. Yeah, Boston fans, if you blame the officials for the loss, you are a loser. You are you are, you're a loser, <laughs> man. Like I don't care that the NBA. I ne- I literally have never cared about the league's like two minute report ever, never ever. Kemba Walker, I don't give a shit that he was. He played 51 minutes. Mm-hmm. He shot 2 of 11. Like, all he had to do was make a jumper at any point in that game. Say, save it about the man. one foul call, man. Come on. Listen, save it. Boston, you were .5 away from being up 3-0 and you're tied 3-3. Don't give me this bullshit about the refs, man. Like, yeah, maybe a one call is bad at the very end of a game or a missed call or whatever the case may be, but that's not why you're in this situation. And Tatum, Tatum's foul on OG, I, I think OG should have been shooting free throws. I know, I know that's like, if you're catching that ball in the lob and the guy goes up with you, like, I know that's a contentious play. Yeah. And I've been told that, like, the standard isn't um, a shooting foul. 
but my man was in the air catching the ball coming down the rim. Like, he should have been shooting two free throws. Yeah, so, it, 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 it goes it, both ways, man. There were bad calls all over the place. Yeah, like, the, actually, the one complaint that I would have, and, and I'm not going to say, like, oh, God, they're the worst ever, but I will say the officiating hasn't been at, at the same level as the play no. has in the in the bubble. It just has not been. No. Okay, and that's across we, the board. We have talked, like, the playoffs this year, I feel like the the – the night-to-night, game-to-game has been about as good as I can remember, to be honest. Like, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I think, honestly, the, the, the pace of these games and how many of them have been close, and I think it's just been, it's been about as good as I can remember. The officiating has been about as bad as I can remember. I don't remember speaking this much about officiating, you know, in, in a very long time over an entire playoff run. Yeah, because like you know, whether it's the phantom text and the like, every single thing has to be a flagrant now. And it's like, guys, 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 let's not overdo it. I I appreciate that we have the technology that we can look into these things and we and we and we can make sure that we get it right. But I feel like we've overcorrected or we're overcorrecting at times. And like honestly, if an NBA player is in the middle of a fucking NBA game, excuse my language, but if he's in a, in, in a playoff game at that, and he swings his arm and says, "Oh man." We don't need technical fouls for that, man. Yeah. We just don't. No, the the air punch techs are so dumb too. Come on, like come on, you punch the air. Like, like there were no victims. Um, Norman Powell's my guy. Norman Powell's my fucking dude. Love mm-hmm. Norm. Um, big moments from him. The the Raptors, like, I know you were saying like the Boston could have been a three zero, and that was the case. But like the Raptors don't feel like outside of a good performance from from Kyle Lowry and a huge shot from OG, like they played that well. Like, Siakam's been the butt of a ton of jokes mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons. Like, Fred Van Fleet hasn't really got going in the series. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, kind of surprised that we're heading... Like, I had Boston in seven. Mm-hmm. But after two, I was like, oh, this will be lucky to be five. I'm kind of surprised that we're here with Boston. I don't think that Toronto can get seven. I, I mean, I, I, Toronto's... I feel like- they're playing you know, with house money, though. They're playing. They are they're, fighting, they're, yeah. They're playing with house money. They're giving it, giving it your all. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they might get them, man. Like they shouldn't. You're right. Like, they, and honestly, the Celtics should have won this series. I think. I think the Raptors are going to are going to pull out this game seven and make you proud. I do, you know, but like I'm rooting for Boston. So. Oh, like I'll be proud of them, but I'll be sad for Tatum. Um, uh, well, that's true. I love Marcus Smart too. Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry are kind of like the same player in a lot of ways, but. Love Marcus Smart. Love Kyle Lowry. I love a lot of the guys in these, both these teams. So I'm going to be sad that one of them has to go home. Either way, I really will be. Um, Here, here's here's something I can say about Marcus Smart. If he were on my team, he would be one of my favorite players ever. I hate Marcus Smart because he's not on my team. That's And that is that is respect. Trust me when I say that. I'm just over that, though. Like With the exception of Patrick Beverly, who can kick rocks. Everybody has um, their person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, like there's certain guys that get, yeah, Marcus Morris, that guy for me, but I, oh, if, uh, if he became available, you damn right I'd want the Lakers to sign him. Jalen Brown is the guy in this series where I'm just like, he's got some Andrew Wiggins vibes. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's better. Don't, like, don't, don't run with that. Don't aggregate me and make that a thing. Like, yeah, because he defends. He's, be- he's better. He defends. And and he's probably more consistent, honestly, as a, as a shooter too. But like, he shot like fifty more times than Kemba in the series. He shot five more times than Tatum, and he's shooting like forty percent from the floor. And he doesn't get to the free throw line. And I just I don't know that you want to run that much of your offense through Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown should be the second player on your team in touches in a good night, and he should be the third guy on a normal night or fourth guy. And I, I, I think 
maybe that's I'm looking for that's the adjustment if I'm Stevens. I'm like, you go we go to Kemba early, we run some P and R, we go to Tatum in some isolation, we get him going, and Jalen, you know, sp- spot up unless you're running with the second unit. But the thing, honestly, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you because they do need to get Kimba going. What honestly, what the Raptors have done against Kimba has been impressive. Like, like they they have they have iced his ass out. And and honestly, the point was made on the timeline, and I can't remember who said it, but it it actually gives me that much more respect for what Steph was able to do against that uh, against a very similar defensive look. Uh, you well, know, in, in, in in the playoffs, minus Kawhi. Well, you know, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Well, oh, what, well, okay, so like that's even worse. <laughs> they're, yes, they're doing yeah, it. Without, yeah. They're doing that without yeah. Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, it's not better for Kemba though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kemba. I mean, you're getting like Fred's a, a good defender for his size, and Norm's got some size on you. But like, come on, man. Yeah, you, you, you got to go get yours if you're an all star. And I and I'm Team Kemba. I like Kemba, but like the Celtics need more from him in this game seven. Yep. Uh, um. Hell yeah, that's gonna do it, man. That's gonna do the basketball. Let's let's before we get out of here though, I want to do uh, some one of your binging because I I smashed both seasons of Cobra Kai last week. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Why don't you go first? Why don't you go first? Because I want to hear. Dude, Cobra Kai is dope. Like you talked about this uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I like was like gonna get to it, gonna get to it. Kind of forgot about it. Turned on the TV like, oh Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, Jabari's talking. I watched like two episodes, and I was like, okay. The writing's kind of corny. I wasn't really sure how I was feeling about um, Martin Zabka. Is that his name? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, w- I was like, I'm not sure about him being the whole protagonist, but I didn't realize R- Ralph Macchio is like literally hand-in-hand with him the whole series. Yes. Like, it- it's both of them. It's not just Martin Zabka. It's not just Cobra Kai. And then, like, a cameo from, from Ralph Macchio. It's like, it's their show. Yes. Um, but, man, I got really into Like, I crushed the two seasons. Absolutely loved it. Um, his wife, who I'm now forgetting, is it... What's her name in the show? Uh, I can't remember, but I guess her wife. Yeah, he like the most perfect TV wife ever. Like she's so like supportive all the way through until he totally becomes you know yeah just... vacant and then very understandably upset. But like she's so wise, she's so calm, she's so funny, beautiful, beautiful Amanda. TV wife. Amanda is my guy. Oh yeah, I mean Miguel. He's, it, I can't. Well, I don't want to give anything away uh, specifically because we definitely encourage folks to watch it. But I'm hoping he comes back strong. The only my only complaint about Cobra Kai is that that that's season two finale. I have two worries. I have one. I'm I don't want to go too like I very much enjoy all the the kid subplots. It, mm-hmm. It's important because a lot of the the karate and their story is about legacy, mm-hmm. but. I don't want this to go too far down like the OC, One Tree Hill, um, mm. who's dating who. Like I've had enough of that. Like we don't need we, <laughs> like we don't need that to be the focus of the show. And um, while I kind of am interested in see where they take it, I almost think they took it one kick too far. And if you, if you watch, you know what I mean. Pun intended. Yeah, pun yes. intended. I like it. And, I like it. And the action sequence was awesome. The finale action sequence. That fight uh, scene. Hell yeah. They they have a you know what like they have a full out Royal Rumble dojo versus dojo in the high school and like who wouldn't have loved to be part of that but I'm I'm a little worried with the ending because Miguel is my guy and I just I the show needs Miguel that's that's where I'm at he I, yeah. I feel like I feel like they know he, he he's got to come back strong we're not doing this silly stuff where you where you kill somebody off or too early yeah and, and and like the one guy the one character I'm iffy about is Robbie wait which one is Robbie his son. Martin Zapkins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good. Well, I mean, he's a little. Punk. I know. <laughs> he's a little. He's got a lot of anger issues and you know a lot of you know, pent up resentment. 
It's just like he—he's—he's he's like a little too all over the map. Like he—they're use the writers are using him to be like the dramatic effect guy every third episode, mm-hmm. and I'm like, just just let his arc naturally flow. Agreed. You know, let let him do his thing. But yeah, I mean, the episode where all the buddies go out and you get the cameos from all the friends. Uh huh. Fantastic. Um, I think it's is it episode two or three of the first season where Martin Zabka, you know, explains uh, Karate Kid from his perspective, and he's like, "Hey, you uh-huh. know, I've been, I was in love with this girl. I've been dating her two years. We're having an argument in a fire, and this kid comes out of nowhere I've never met before, and starts trying to fight me." Bro. Then I'm at a Halloween. I haven't even talked to this kid in three months, and he dumps a bunch of water on me while I'm in the cubicle. So I chase him down to fight a man to man, and this old man karate teacher beats the shit out of my, me and my friends. I'm like, man, that was so well done. That was Dude, so, that was so good. Hey, I'm not lying. I I, I don't know if you saw you know uh, that part when I was on the timeline talking about it. I was going I was going bonkers about that. Like to be honest with you, it made me think like, well, shit. From his perspective, Danny was really an asshole. Yeah, Dan I, was a big dick. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I, I feel like Daniel needs to come to that realization soon. Mm-hmm. And and again, like lots of shows tease like the whole like rivals become friends for an episode, and then something breaks them up and the rivals again. Yeah, Daniel, the the perfect direction for this show is is Daniel and and uh, what's his actual name? Not Martin Zach. What's his character's name? Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Daniel and Johnny should be allies in season three. They actually like, should. We, they, like. At, you know, yes, because I don't want to give it away again, but yes, that, like should, they, that should bring them together. It's not just John Kreese. It, I mean, John Kreese being there and, like, he's the evil guy, sure, but, like, they are very similar people, and they've both grown tremendously over the years, and Johnny really does grow over the two seasons of Cobra Kai, even. Mm-hmm. Like, they have no reason not to come together. I just hope the writers do take it there. Like, this show shouldn't go on for seven seasons where you keep finding reasons for them to hate each other. Yeah. It should reach a nice resolution. Like that's more in the spirit of like the karate and everything they're talking about anyway. It feels like it's going to. It absolutely feels like it's going to. You know, the one thing I want to say, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I, 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 I laugh at evil stuff. The fact that they really did put Tommy in that body bag in that in that reunion episode <laughs> was so fantastic, so absolutely fantastic. It, it, they put that in there for people like for jerks like me. Uh the the only other thing, Stingray. Uh huh. The scene where he wins the uh, the challenge, uh-huh. fantastic. He's yeah. he, he's a fantastic comedic relief piece yes. to that show. That it really is Cobra Kai. If you were like hesitant, you're on the fence. I was genuinely surprised by how good it was. I was I was totally down for it to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll pop this on and make my way through it over the next month or so. Absolutely devoured it. Yeah. Do you know when the release for season three is? I'm not sure. I saw the the little bit of the trailer. It didn't show a ton though. Got it. I haven't, I haven't looked it up either. I was like yesterday years old when I realized that there was like a Karate Kid sequel and a, another Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. I thought it was just like the original Karate Kid, kid and then um, Will Smith's kid. I didn't Are you know serious? All those other ones. Yeah, I didn't know there was. Oh all those shit! Ones. I, you, honestly, I saw you saying that on a timeline. I thought I thought it was a bit. I thought you were joking. No, I just didn't know. I, I literally <laughs> spent four bucks and rented the second one where he goes to Okinawa, Okinawa. which it, well, apparently was shot in Hawaii, which is funny. Yeah. And that one sucked. It did, but you know what? I <laughs> still, I still, sucked. I still enjoyed it back in the day. I, 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 I mean, won't lie. They like fight in a village and like, oh mm. my gosh, that was so bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Um, um, my wait was you. What else you been watching? That's pretty much it, man. That's pretty that's much per, it. Between like work and getting engaged and stuff, that's pretty much all I have time for. I, 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 I guess. 
I guess yeah. you had a couple things going on. I guess. Well, for Defense, me, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, for me, you know, I, I also finished Cobra Kai. Loved it. Can't wait for season three. Uh, obviously NBA, but I started. You know, I started some of the boys season two. Uh, although I absolutely hate the fact that they're staggering these episodes. You know, it, it it started off you know the right way. And let's just make this clear. I don't watch streaming channels and show and your shows to have that shit limited like regular TV and cable. I don't understand that. Yeah, no, it's not. It, that's not the move. Just yeah. put them all on. Let me binge. Yeah, like, and quite frankly, if somebody wants to watch them like one of those types of shows, they can do that. For those of us that need, you know, need our content and like it the way we want it, come on now, let's get let's get this going. But this weekend, I'm actually excited. I'm finally going to check out Woke on Hulu. And to be honest with you, I avoided it because it see when it when people were talking about it on time, we're you know, discussing it on timeline. I thought I don't know. It seems like one of those. Bless you. It seems like one of those ones uh, where you know I might not see it the same way everybody else does but you know somebody recently you know po- you know, pointed out some stuff about it and i said okay i'll, I'll it's worth it i'm gonna give, give it a, a shot chance. this weekend um you know what? i did randomly watch uh appaloosa have you ever seen that i did i haven't i'm gonna I'll, I'll post the movie list to twitter again like i've added quite a few since last time i posted it um again keep the running list on my phone of things i watched appaloosa ed harris Viggo mortensen they're like i don't know bounty hunters Justice oh. Men, Old West, okay. very much my vibe. I was like, uh-huh. how did this not come up on our Western list? We didn't talk about this. That's, that's two pretty good leads. Um, Renee Zellweger's The Love Interest and Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons? What yeah. the hell? Oh, my God. It's so bad. Man. <laughs> it it I, sucks so bad. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm looking at this cast, and I'm like, this has like 10 people in there that I'm already like, yes, yes, they, yes, they, yes. They do the crappy protagonist narrator thing. Oh. Who was I to know that life was going to change? And oh. I was like, oh. And then, I, and then I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, climax. No, not the climax. Movie's going to go for 40 more minutes. Okay, is it, are we even going to have a gunfight? Okay, we're going to have a gunfight. Nothing happens. He walks in the desert. I'm like, oh, man, damn. It's, yeah, rough. I'm good. <laughs> it was it was rough. Um, <laughs> if you wanted three minutes on a rough western not to watch, App- I gave Appaloosa sixty. So there you go. Man, I'm surprised. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gave it seventy six percent. Metacritic, you know, sixty four percent. That's actually pretty good. I wonder yeah, if it's, it's ma- I wonder if it's a matter of like people are just giving it that because they like these actors. Maybe, man. Maybe Ed Harris and Drago Mortensen are both dope, and Hidalgo is an underrated film. But uh, no, <laughs> this is not a good one. I think that's going to wrap us, man. So if you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, review. Uh, we'll keep these pumping. Uh, I think Jabari and I will be back Sunday, possibly, with some... I mean, we will have Game 7 chatter to discuss, but then hopefully Lakers-Clippers, which I think is the series everyone's been waiting for this year. So we'll get to that oh, yeah. this Sunday. It'll be in your feeds Monday, and then I will have a guest next Wednesday. somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for gold and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including a new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day all night go to betonline.ag and use promo code bluewire to receive your welcome bonus that's betonline.ag promo code blue wire bet online your online sportsbook experts